Welcome to Get Your Shoot Together, the photographer's podcast where we discuss studio, business, life, and keeping it all in line. I am Kira Derryberry. And I'm Mary Fisk-Taylor. Hi, Mary Fisk-Taylor. Hey, girl. How are you? I'm super great. Feeling good. Wow. Super great. <laughs> I, um, I'm feeling good, too, because as you, you can see in the audience, it's too bad the audience can't, I am wearing the most fabulous shirt. Today. You are okay. So we we <laughs> may have an obsession with the TV show Shit's Creek, a little, just a smidge, and with uh, yeah, everything Levy and and Moira and all of it, all of it. I love it all. It's gotten it's, it's gotten to the point where the only uh, gifts that I send you in our text are yes. Shit's Creek texts gifts. Yes. yes, it just comes up like literally. I don't even have to. You know, when you do your search on your gifts, like it just. It just automatically assumes I want a Shit's Creek. It's to the point. It's to the point now where I find myself making like actual facial and hand gesture, like fan, you know mannerisms, like the people on the show. I'm yeah. making one now. You're making. I'm it doing now. the David. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we are so upset. You and um, and Greg Daniel turned me onto that show. Like when Greg we Daniel's the one who told me about it. Which okay, maybe not everybody knows Gregory Daniel. You should, and they probably do, but. I was like, he goes, are you watching Shit's Creek? And I'm like, um, no, what is this unicorn you're speaking of, Gregory Daniel? I didn't know he watched and TV. I know. I mean, I'm like, is it a documentary on, like, you know, spaceships? Or is it, like, about how to be amazing? Or, you know, like, about bicycling or yoga? No. It's one of the, it's maybe one of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life. I know. It's 30 minutes or 22 minutes of pure joy. Just pure. Pure joy. Unadulterated joy. Yes. Yes. Um, and Audrey Wankett, our friend Audrey Wankett, the current PPA president, she has taken the ball and run with it. I'm going to say she may be more obsessed than maybe us. I don't know if that's possible, but it may be. She, can, she is essentially Alexis. She is. She is Alexis. She's Alexis. We also quizzes, mm-hmm. too, to find out who we were. Yes. Um, she, yeah, she's definitely Alexis. Anyway, this show is fantastic. And um, I found out recently because I thought I'd watched them all. But then there's like another season that's on. It's like season six is on Hulu. <gasps> oh, is it season five? Yeah, five, but there's an additional five. one. Five is on Hulu. Yes. Six is still out there in, in the ether in some other subscription-based land. Winning right? awards like crazy, evidently, up in a, up up yonder in Canada. Yeah, in Canada. Lots of awards. Canada. <laughs> that foreign land called Canada. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Canada. I'm sure we have tons of listeners. Yeah, there. all of our Canadian listeners. It's a big shout-out for Shit's Creek. <laughs> Oh, anyway, so yeah, we we love. Um, I'm a I'm a bit obsessed with Dan Levy. Um, I didn't. I, I he is like the co-creator of actually a ton of other shows, and he's yeah. Eugene Levy's son, and looks just like him. And mm-hmm. Eugene Levy, just for those who follow comedy in the obsessive way that I do, he I've known. I've been watching him since um, SCTV, which was before my time, but it was coming in on reruns on like Nick at Night. So yeah. SCTV is like the like the Canadian SNL. Yes. So him and Catherine O'Hara and um and John Candy and a bunch of other people that you would know are from basic from from SCTV. And so that's that's when I first um saw him. And then um of course a lot of people remember him as the dad from the American Pie movies as yes. well. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um he's a treat and his eyebrows are an even bigger treat. And then the <laughs> and then and then Dan Levy looks just like him. Um and it's and they're just so cute. They're they were, adorable. He was on Ellen the other day. She was interviewing him, and he said that 
his eyebrows came in very early as a very young kid. <laughs> and that everybody knew, like, he couldn't go anywhere. Everybody knew immediately he was Eugene Levy's son. Because yeah. his eyebrows, like, like were there before anything else. So. And, and probably the five o'clock shadow. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. But, um, yeah, if you don't think Canadians are funny, you need to check this out. Because this <laughs> this group is the best. And I love I love Canada. And there's, I'm nothing against Canada. I'd love it even more now because the shit's great. Oh, man. Well, we, yes. so yeah, so you are wearing um, your, oh, yes. your, um, Wild Aloof Rebel shirt, <laughs> which I need to have. And I then we do. could wear it on the same day. We could. We could. we could make guest appearances in it. We could. Ooh, for our tour <laughs> that yeah, we're going to go. I think yes. you're onto something. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh, oh, man. What are we talking three about? Three podcasts in and we're already on tour. We <laughs> literally, we're like, so many other things I could mention and won't, but <laughs> <laughs> so um, yes. um, we are we are talking about a thing today. We're talking about leveling up today, and I'm excited to talk about it because it's it's my thing that I talk about all the time, and uh, it's certainly not a thing I invented. It's just um, it's it's a good way to describe what motivates me, and I think other people to keep getting better and not become complacent. And, um, and I talked about this on our friend Jen Ta- Jed Toffer's uh, uh, podcast, um, this conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and so I thought we would deep dive into it a little more because I have no doubt that as we continue this podcast, I'm going to bring it up like all the time. You refer to it. Now you, let me ask you this. So, and you're right. No, nobody. Well, maybe, I don't know if the gaming industry, like uh, nobody invented level up per se, but I think it became very popular with uh game. What do they call You know what I'm talking about. Video games. Yeah. Video games, which is what yeah. I grew up on. So that's, yeah. that's where I get the idea is because you can, in video games, you're always trying to like beat the level so that you can get to the the right. level that's locked or, right. or on, and now more nowadays you're unlocking achievements so that maybe your um the guy that you're playing with, your character that you're playing with can be bigger, better, stronger, or have a cooler outfit or have a new, uh, access to a new place. And so to me, I apply that to my life is how it. I like to think about it and and more so to my career than anything. And um, and it's what kind of motivates me to keep going. You know, in a, in a previous episode, we talked about competing in an image competition. Yeah. And that's kind of part of it. You know, like when we'd said that, um, you know, it wasn't really about looking cool to our clients, which it does do. It was more about me I had this goal. I set this goal. I wanted it for my own personal career achievement, and I did it. Yes. And so, um, and then I was better for it, not just mentally better for it because I was excited and standing a little taller, but also better a better photographer for it. And, you know, it was the same thing prior to that with the CPP program. You know, going through studying for that test, that written exam, mm-hmm. that is – that. I learned stuff studying for that test that I probably should have known, <laughs> but we're not. We're but we don't want to admit that we don't know and that we're right. professionals. And it gave me this foundation um, that I frankly didn't have and that I was skipping as yeah. a, as a photographer who kind of came out of the digital age. You know, um, I was skipping a lot of the basic foundational stuff, and I didn't know that I was. And so when I came out of just just passing the test alone, mm-hmm. I was exponentially a better photographer and, and using things um, for lighting people, especially groups of people that I use almost every week now. Right. You know. And don't you think when you do that, so, you know, you, when you level up, you set a goal and you level up, you achieve that goal, you unlock that, you know, that, uh, that goal, unlock it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't, I mean, you said, you said it, 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 it made you a better photographer. It gives us more confidence mm-hmm. so that when I go into a camera room experience or I get ready to photograph a client, I'm not, I don't know, it just makes me feel like 
okay, you know what? I am a certified professional photographer or I have, you know, leveled up and, and, you know, earned this degree or this achievement in my industry says my peers says, you know, says the parameters that I met. So because I've done that, it makes me more confident. If I'm more confident in the camera room, I spend more time engaging with my client Mm -hmm. and less time fiddling with and worrying about gear and exposure and all those things that we have to think about every time. I really do. I think it can be, you know, this may sound kind of silly to some people, but who don't engage in these type of things. But when I set goals and, and meet them, I know that I'm going to live my life a little bit taller, live my, you know, run my business a little bit better. I, I just think it does. And maybe it comes down to being more goal driven. And I, I, I don't know, maybe not everybody's wired that way. Um, but that's how I think of leveling up. Um, for me personally, yeah. no, I think, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. I mean, um, I, you know, there was a time where I was all just shooting available light. Like I had, mm-hmm. I went to, I went to, I went to university of Alabama and I studied, um, you know, photography there and I learned a whole lot, but a lot of times I was assisting and I wasn't, I wasn't using lighting, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, most of it was dark room, black and white, available light stuff, you know. And, and mm-hmm. also, the you know, the departments at most of these colleges, they don't have the, they don't have the equipment, you know, a lot sure. of times for you to really learn, you know, the more expensive areas of photography. So, so I was all that. And so when I ended up becoming a professional, out of the gate, I was very much on the fen- or on the on the um, side of the fence of I'm a natural light photographer. I like soft, available light. You know, I like. I like to see light, and all those things are true. I still like all those things. You sure. Know? But what was happening was, is when I got to be um, starting to find some success and wanting to expand that success, people were asking me to do jobs that I simply didn't know how to do. Right. And 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 that was, and I don't like that feeling. I I don't like the feeling of not knowing what I'm doing, and it and it affects me in every way possible I can think in my life. <laughs> well, you're limited. You're limited. You're limited. You know, because you know, if it rains, you're out. If it's a indoor facility that's you know you know a lot you know dark and everything, you're out. You know, like I mean. I think that it's it can be incredibly limiting to us. So when you open your eyes and you say, I'm going to level up in that capacity, maybe you're leveling up as I'm going to learn how to use additive lighting or I'm going to learn how to use studio lights and work in a studio. That's a leveling up, right? I mean, wouldn't that be leveling That's up? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Light? Is Yes. It's like, and you know, I still like natural light. And sure. I, there's I, nothing wrong with it. No. And if I, if I'm going to go out, like I still shoot a lot of seniors with, with mm-hmm. available light out, out on location outdoors. If, if the mood strikes or if this style strikes that I want to get, and if it's a lovely day for it, you know, I'll do it. Would I rather not carry a bunch of equipment out to a field? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. but those days when I started going, okay, look at my revenue stream and I'm limited to just families and just certain times of day for one, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't shoot in the middle of the day mm-hmm. um, or you can, I guess, if you'd like to, but it's probably ill-advised, you know, to shoot in the middle mm-hmm. of the day with available light. And then, you know, I would go to somebody's home and they want to be photographed in their home and there's nothing that made me sweat more with, they'd show me the area of their home they wanted to be photographed in and I, it was, uh, it was not doable. Right. It was absolutely not doable. And then I had to like go, let's move the couch closer to the window. <laughs> yeah. I did that yes. once. I did that no. once. You know what yeah. I mean? And, you know, the client, they weren't, exp- you know, they don't, 
their expectations of how you're going to make something beautiful is limited. Like they don't, they don't know about the equipment that you need or don't need or whatever, you know, they just, and they don't know that it might be a problem if they say to you, oh, I'd love to be photographed in our study with all this rich mahogany on the wall, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And, and you're like, does the study have a window? They're like, oh no, we like it to be very dark. (laughs) Gotta protect the books. We have to protect the books from all the UV light. (laughs) So, you know, so it was those times where I would have small panics at work. And the last thing I want to feel like as a professional is to have small panics at work. I mean, really, if I'm on the job and I'm, I have limited things with me and often I'm working by myself and I don't, you don't want to look silly, you know, you don't want, I don't want to have to say no. I will say no to things that like are just outside of the realm of possibility. You know, like if they're like, you can Photoshop all this out, right? And it's some, you know, giant thing in the background. I will try and make sure that we can get as much in camera as we can because I'm not going to create a bigger job for myself just to please the client. Hundred percent. Yeah, um, but but the the that's when I added studio lights though was when I started getting more commercial. I started doing some headshots. They were all outside, and people liked them. And I mm-hmm. realized that they were viable and a, a great opportunity for me to add some like bonus money to my rep, my family shooting revenue. And then I started getting actual companies and hospitals calling me to do those things. And mm-hmm. Then one day they were like, and we would love for you to shoot our board of directors because they're having a board meeting. It's going to be in the atrium or in the boardroom or whatever, you know. And I go, great. And the windows are at? Where? Not in the boardroom. No, yeah. no. And mm. so um, I, had to, I had to learn quick. And so, yeah. and so I did. I bought a couple of used um, alien bees from a, from a colleague. And um, I got on the YouTubes. And, the YouTubes. And I, you know, I had used strobe lights before, like in college, like especially when sure. I was assisting, because um, I, I did work as an assistant at University of Alabama. But like, you know, I had not in years, and I was never in like full control of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So all the stuff went, I don't know why it was, but like adding a light to a thing just made me shut down mentally. You right. know what I mean? Like it just, it was like such a different thing. Like, what do you mean I can add the light? But nowadays, I see that, you know, the way I approach it now is I go into a room because I have all this knowledge of, of off-camera lighting now. Um, I go into a room or I go on location and I ex- expose for the scene that I want and then I add the light. And that was a concept that took me a long time for my brain to switch from being able to see the, just see what was available to seeing what's available and what can I add to enhance the person. It's like, a, it. it's like, it's like spice. It's like salt or pepper. It mm-hmm. really is. That's how I look at light. Like now, not in the studio, obviously, but certainly on location or environmentally. Like I, you're right. I'm going to pick for me, I'm going to pick an open shade area. I'm going to pick something that mimics, you know, I've got a, because I always use a main and a fill. That's just how I mm-hmm, shoot. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to find that. I'm going to find my, you know, depth. I'm going to find maybe a little hair light situation. And then I'm going to think, okay, I can add light and just kiss that face and pump up those eyes. Or if I'm dealing with, you know, a family, I know that if I add lighting in, it's going to, you know, bring roundness to the face. But a lot of time it does some natural retouching, or at least it does for right. me the way I shoot. You know, it's just a little less, you know, makes mom's face or, you know, a little more less wrinkles or less this or, you know, lines in the neck. Less to, less to worry about. And, less and to more worry about later. And consistency in the retouch as well. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I'm a big fan. Leveling up. So you leveled up with your lighting. Maybe also, you know, leveling up can be, um, you know, uh, you know, charging Charging appropriately. (laughs) I mean, so it's not just about image competition or certification or, you know, awards, certificates, trophies. It's really about just, you know, life things. You know, like if you have a business and you know that you're not charging what you need to be in a sustainable 
business. Right. You know, you, maybe your goal is to level up because you're going to you're going to go and and charge what you need to charge um and, and not worrying about what your neighbor's charging or anything like that, but you're going to charge what you need to charge to stay in business. Yeah. I mean, lots of things. I mean, well, you know, I think just the act of becoming aware of what you need to make in order to be successful mm-hmm. is leveling up in itself. You know, oh, you're good just point. your brain because you know, when I started it was like what should I charge? Like what right. I, I was desperately seeking a formula to tell me what I should charge, you know? Right. And I would ask, you know, I went to a workshop and I, and I, you know, got a lot of really ha- helpful information from the person I took the workshop from, but, you know, and I, and I just kind of based it on what they, what they did, you mm-hmm. know, but what they did was based on what their needs were, you know, right. their, their, their own overhead and their own schedule and their own lifestyle and that sort of thing. And so, so price, and they were in a different city. And so all those things, there's so many variables there. It's so hard to be like, well, what should I charge for a headshot? Because yeah. there's so many different factors that come into play here. You know? Right. It's not just what it costs you to do a headshot. Because you may just be delivering that digitally. I mean, mm-hmm. odds are that, I mean, at least most of ours, there's not a lot of printing involved when we're talking about branding images. We're talking about delivering images. So when I try to configure, like, the old way, like, my costs, well, my costs, well, there's not any hard costs. But how do I value my time? Mm-hmm. And this is, I think, the piece that we don't level up on enough. We do not we do not count our time into the equation, whether we're doing the photography, the selling, the artwork, you know, all that stuff. We just go, well, I do it, so it's free. Well, it's absolutely not free. There's this there's this equation out there and I I, I love it. And it's essentially it's math. So yeah, it's not my thing, but um it's it's essentially you to figure the number um, to figure, you know, the the number of hours you want to work a week to, divided by the number of um, weeks you want to work a year divided by how much you think you should make a year. Anyway, you divide these three things together Mm -hmm. and that's your hourly rate. That's what you feel like you need or you should make to be a sustainable, profitable business owner. Right. And the funny thing is, is that if we look at our daily business, if we look at what we do on a day-to-day business, we do so many things that we literally could pay someone a fraction of what we think we're worth an hour. But we just do it because we can. And, you know, a big leveling up moment, I think, for a lot of us is when we really look at that number and say, you know what? Yes, it's going to cost me X, Y, Z to outsource my um, retouching or file acquiring or blogging, whatever it is, finances, your financials, whatever it is, it's going to cost me that. But you know what? I'm worth this much an hour and I'm going to spend that time engaging with potential clients or partnerships, marketing, mm-hmm. working on my web, you know, working on something in my business that's going to bring more people in the door. Absolutely. And that's a huge moment, like to to understand that and really do it. I think a lot of us have either we don't get it we kind of understand it, but we're still doing it all ourselves. Or once the time that you really do outsource that, and we've, you know, my business twenty five years in, in, we're pretty, we're pretty um hardcore about it. Like very rarely do just because we can, we do. Like I just know that my time is worth something, and I think what happens to us a lot of times is when we're not doing that, we find ourselves caught up in these mundane things that we could totally outsource for a lot less money. And we start resenting our business. We're not as satisfied in our business because we're not doing what we got into the business to do. I did not get into this business to spend all my time on social media or in a computer retouching, you know, blemishes. Exactly. And and that's when the bottlenecking starts to happen. 
you know, mm. like it's yeah. that's exactly when because you know, and we've said this before, you know, you're wearing all the hats, mm. you know, and you're not going to be able to make any time to learn a new thing or to get better at business or get better at marketing or get better at lighting or get better at posing. You're not going to have time to devote to those things where you need to be, you know, leveling up um, if you are stuck at you know 1 a.m. trying to retouch a wedding. Um, yeah. you know, to get it delivered to the bride on time. And you also have two other weddings in the queue. You know what uh, I yeah. mean? Yeah, like, and, and, and three albums to design. Yeah. And yeah. literally, you're like, you have a kid, you have laundry, you, should, you haven't been, like, your kids need to, like, wear sunglasses when they open their refrigerator door because it's, like, no food in there. <laughs> it's like, that's um, always my fridge. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's why I'm like, uh, this is all personal experience. And, you know, you're, you, you work all day, then you run home, you try to go through the motions, and then you're on your computer till God knows when. And I'm telling you, like, it just bankrupts us emotionally and it takes its toll. And so that's a, that's a definite level up that um, I hope people that are listening. um, Hey mom, (laughs) that all the people that are listening, you know, really take to heart and start implementing in your business. It it, it just makes a big difference. I think you and I had this conversation maybe a year ago or, or, or something, you know, as well. And I know it's hard. I know we're control freaks. I know it's hard to let go of some things, but let go of what you can and, you know, try to structure your life. I think we're going to have to do a whole episode on outsourcing because I mm. feel like I feel like I could talk about that and how it's changed my business. Um, you, I know that you outsource more than I do um, other tasks. And it is really – it was one of those – I'm a control freak, and it is one of those things that um, I really fought kicking and right. screaming – but I'm so much better for it. So I'm glad that I'm doing that. But I would li- I would love to have another episode where we like dive in fully. I love that. That's to a good idea. Outsourcing. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, oh, so um, I think I have a method to as far as love leveling up. I think on the tech side, and I think it might apply to. I want you to tell me if you think it could apply possibly to like the business side. Okay. Things. So. Um, I have the way I always think about leveling up is if I'm I think about it as introducing if I'm trying to learn a thing in the studio or try a new lens, you know, mm-hmm. shoot it in a different focal length or a different f-stop. I mean, that's how small it can be, you know. Yeah. Um I try not to make I try to make sure that I do not introduce any other variables. Yes. So here, here's a good example. And I have this Facebook group where it's <laughs> kind of sleepy right now because I've been a little busy. But, you know, if you go back and look through these, we have all these challenges. Um, we did one called the F11 challenge. Mm-hmm. And I am, when I started thinking about it, I had never shot at F11 for any reason. Like, hmm. just I was just thinking about, like, because, you know, I you get into a groove of, like, of where your comfort zones are. And depending, like, for the family stuff, you know, I would, you know, shoot at F8 or, I guess, maybe in studio. Or, you know, it just, it just depends on who it was. If I was on location and I really wanted to get that really nice fall off in the background, you know, I was shooting at a distance with a long line with, like, at, at 5.6. And, you right. know, and so um, I had, ne- I realized that I had never shot at F11. And I thought, why what would the reasons be to shoot? What what look would that give me? How would that change the style? Okay, so what would that affect? It would affect, um, it's going to be a much lo- deeper depth of field, right? Longer yes. depth of field. So it's going to have everything very, very, very sharp. Would it be sharper to a, a point of no return? Like, would it be too sharp? And like, mm-hmm. and I started thinking about what type of photography is very sharp. And so where I landed on was um, character portraits. I've seen a lot of character portraits, especially of men, where you get that really, ta- you know, gritty tack sharpness that goes all the way yep. through. And I started thinking about fashion photography, that like snap, that crispness yep. of a very sharp, you know. And I think we could go longer into, into f-stops if we wanted to. But I thought, okay, I've never shot anything in f11. What, what will that do? So I I put up a test. I had a friend come in 
my friend uh, Robert Hunter here in Tallahassee, and we set up a shoot because he he's a he's an ex model. We just like to throw that around. God. Yeah, wow. <laughs> he, he used mm. to be a model. He's not a model anymore, but <laughs> he's still very good at it. And um, and when I say he's not a model anymore, it's just because you know he has a real job and has to do <laughs> real yeah. work. Yeah, certainly not because he couldn't do it. So he comes into the studio and we do this shoot, and I nothing else other than shooting at F eleven was different. So mm-hmm. I knew how to, I knew how to, I wanted to set up my light. I did not experiment with the angle with which the light was going to be. I didn't experiment with the background. It was one I'd used before. I didn't experiment with anything mm-hmm. except for shooting it longer. So the only thing that that affected it, variable wise was more light, right? You know what I mean? More light. Yeah. So um, so I did that that shoot, and it turned out really cool. And a couple of unexpected things that I didn't foresee was the retouching, right? So I wanted to see the grit. And the grain, and his, and he has good skin. But there were like you know little things that everybody needs, you know, little touch ups here and there that actually were difficult because if you started touching them up after a while, you, everything it, you yes, lose yeah. the whole point of shooting at that. Yeah, at, you know, in that way. So it presented a couple of challenges that I was excited. I'm excited because I'm a nerd, but like excited to like tackle, you know, in the post just so I could learn when this would be a good idea why I would need it in studio. And I found, and, you know, since then, I do that sometimes when I have, like, a cool senior client that comes in and, you know, they want to have more of a fashion look. Right. You know, I am shooting at that at that F-stop now, knowing that if they have bad skin, this might be a challenge to, to do. You know yes. what I mean? And I'm able to tackle that job now. So I know, so what I'm saying is, is even if it's, I've got a new softbox and I want to try it out and see how the light, I don't change anything else. I'm going to shoot right. like a basic headshot with it. You know what I mean? So that nothing else can come into play. I don't try new posing methods as well, you mm-hmm. know, when I do it. So so I'm trying to relate that to other things other than just acquiring new photographic skills. But could you think of a time or a place where that would apply where you need to add something to your toolbox as a business owner? Yep. And you add that one thing knowing the things that you already know. Yeah, so we actually did that this year um, with our studio. So I wanted to up my portrait average, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want to. So I knew that it was going to involve a few things. I was going to have to, you know, raise some prices. So mm-hmm. I knew I was going to have to raise some prices in order to up my portrait average. But I didn't want to make a huge gap between my product lines. And what I mean by that is I I operate on a very much that good, better, best, and oh my gosh, philosophy when I think about my product line. So mm-hmm. my products are canvas portraits, and I happen to sell oil portraits here, and we have different levels, mixed media, et cetera, et cetera. So I didn't want to just go across the board and raise my prices. I wanted to add in some value. So the way I did it is I added a new line of portraiture. Mm-hmm. So I added digital art, which is essentially painter. And, and, you know, I added that line in. So it's a painter only portrait. Mm-hmm. Then you go to my classic oils and into my mixed medias. But just by doing that one thing, I didn't really change. My, and I raised everything else accordingly because I've mm-hmm. added the so essentially the new line I added took place of my old classic line. And then every bit, everything got to shift up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So just by doing that one thing, my portrait average went up. Wow. Just by nature. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, like it was a very simple move. Um, I didn't create too much of a gap in my pricing, meaning mm-hmm. all of a sudden if I have, you know, paper portraits, canvas portraits, and then there's this bigger jump to go into my fine art or my oil or whatever, that's that's uncomfortable. I always think of it like stair steps. 
So if I have to, and I'm short, like I've got like total, you know, I got like corgi legs. So yeah. So like, I always think about it. If that, is that a big step or is this a step that I can handle? Because people more li- are more likely and more comfortable to step normally than to like take those gigantic, big, you know, steps up. So just by adding that one new product line, A, I opened up a whole new category, essentially of potential buyers because Mm -hmm. it's a newer style still Mm -hmm. certainly on brand but it allowed me to shift everything up to the point where i know after all these years what i sell i sell brush oil portraits that's just my business right you know and that's that's just what i do so it allowed me to essentially garner a little bit more money for every one of those Mm -hmm. but not have to create this big gap that was my biggest concern so we leveled up just by introducing i created a new price list put some new samples on the wall and leveled up so you totally leveled up and what you did what i didn't hear you do is you didn't add a bunch of new products to your line none no new products just a new style just a new new style finish and, and you didn't modify something that you already had as well during that same time and you know what i also didn't do kira i didn't add to my workflow And that is very important to me. I didn't want to add something that was going to take more time away from my business. And I know where I make my money. So if I'd added something that became more of a production issue or I had to go to another vendor or I had to add something to my daily grind that I've already, it's big enough as it is, then that was going to cause, that was going to cause an issue. So because this is still something I can easily outsource, it comes back finished and ready all these things had to factor into creating that product. So I was able to level up in a very easy way. And for me, like for you, your leveling up is artistically, it, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, it opens your mind or it gives you freedom or it creates a new look. For me, leveling up essentially just means there's, I mean, making more money. You're making which more money. Is always my. My goal. But, hashtag but not goals. only right. That's always that. That is <laughs> oh <my laughs> hashtag goal. goals. <laughs> but of course. But what the end result is 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 the confidence. I think factor that 100%. both bring. Yes. You know. I didn't have to. I didn't struggle. You changed that one thing, and you created a whole nother like cool look. I changed one thing, and my comfort level consulting with my clients and selling to my clients didn't skip a beat. The only thing I had to remember is. Oh, okay. So here we go. It's canvas, digital, oil, mixed media. Like I, that's all I had to remember is mm-hmm. one thing. I didn't have to go. Oh well, you know, there just there's there's this, and then I didn't have to over-explain. So my existing clients didn't get confused, and new clients, you know, could understand it easily, and I can understand it easily. I can't create systems in my business that even if they were going to make me more money, that all of a sudden confuse me or I get stumble on my words or I'm not sure about it when it comes to the time to talk about what I do or sell to my clients. And that's exactly. always important for me. Exactly. Exactly. So, so I think, I do think it applies. I was wondering if it applied because I know that I have done it to my business just by like introducing a new, new billing way of doing it or, or, yeah. or just my fixing my workflow and leveling up in that way. But for me, you're right. The, the way that I most relate is by um, acquiring another skill. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think acquiring another skill is the same as acquiring um, a new way to make more money that doesn't yeah. interfere with the other way you made money. You know, it's the same way. <laughs> Either way you look at it, we're doing yeah. the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, another way I think we can level up, especially as onepreneurs, which, you know, I mm-hmm. love that word. But as small business owners is something that we started doing, you know, last year. And this is universal. This isn't necessarily business or um, talking about photography, but it's just about the fact of, you know, 
quarterly journaling and really putting our time writing it down and Mm -hmm. essentially like, I mean, and I, look, I get it. Like, you know, some clients coming in front of town and you know they're going to be an excellent client. Of course, my schedule may shift or change. But as a, on a general basis, being very diligent about the days that I'm going to work on my business, mm-hmm. the days that I'm going to take off and be present in my life my with my husband, my children, my friends, you know, just hang out and, you know, uh, you know, just do nothing like, but really scheduling that and being, being fairly diligent about it. And that's not to say I'm not going to be flexible if a great client comes along and I need to be, you know, I need to be, but you know, when I find that when I can look at my calendar a week or so out and I can say, okay, Wednesday from 12 to three, I'm going to talk to Kira and we're going to mm-hmm. record these podcasts because personally this is fulfilling to me. I love teaching. I love this. Or I can say on Thursday, I've got this gap, you know, two to four, I'm going to work on, um, I'm going to work on this marketing piece or I'm going to make phone calls and reach out to potential alliance Mm -hmm. marketing, you know, but when we start doing that, that's a way to, for us to level up personally, because I think that, you know, whereas people joke and think that as photographers or artists, we thrive on chaos. We really don't. I mean, we, we survive in chaotic situations, but we really don't thrive. And I don't think it ever is super helpful. So whereas we have to be flexible, I think another leveling up can be taken to that point of trying to, you know, be, be cognizant of our time and, and, you know, taking care of it because it's so limited. Right. And it's, and I think it's, I think it's helpful to think of it incrementally in that way when this job is very overwhelming, Mm -hmm. at least for me anyway, you know, um, when you're, when you're working by yourself and you are feeling overwhelmed by, I'm not making any money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think, I think leveling up is as simple as trying to identify individual things that are causing a problem and individual things that you can change one by one. But trying to overhaul everything at one time, Not I, think, happen. I think, can can be grueling. And I think it, it sets yourself up for projects that never get finished, you know. Um, so so I think I think this is – I think it's an important mindset to have. And whatever you decide to call it in your head and whatever it gets you there, you know, whatever gets you there, I, I think it's just good for any business owner – um, of any and really of any kind, I think, um, just to be open to not becoming stagnant with what you already know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out ways that you can piece by piece learn new things while solving problems that you already have, you know. And I think that'll make you better for it. And I think that'll apply to pretty much everything in your life. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love what you just said. Like it was actually like a, it was like, and I know it, but it was just such a light bulb moment for me. You're, you're exactly right. And we hear this all the time and we do this to ourselves all the time. You're right. All of a sudden we'll look at our lives. We'll look at our business. We'll look at our bank account. We'll look at ourselves in the mirror. We'll look at our relationships, our kids, our house, whatever. And everything feels like the wheels have just fallen off and mm-hmm. we just, we're going to fix it all. Well, that is just, we are not superheroes. We are not characters in a video game. We nope. are not going to be able to do that. I think when you can look at it and you can write it down and say, okay, tomorrow I'm going to work on this. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to worry about any of those other things. I cannot worry about all of that. But tomorrow I'm going to get out of bed and I'm going to do laundry or I'm going to go to the grocery store or I'm going to work on my lighting, studio mm-hmm. lighting, or I'm going to create a partnership marketing piece, whatever it is. And that's all you need to focus on. And like going back to our original podcast, on it, if you write that down and do it, check that off as a win and then go to tomorrow. And then the next day, 
I'm going to do get the car washed and I'm going to, you know, yeah. clean, the, clean the camera room or whatever it is. And I think we get so caught up and and also and I we said this in the first podcast. Um, you know, we look at social media, we look around us, we go to amazing events and see these phenomenal people that teach and share and we go, "Wow, look at them." It's so amazing or look at them them on, you know, on social media, everything is like perfect and whatever. It's not. It, it no. is absolutely not. And we got to get over that mindset and shift into a space where we're okay, that it's going to take us some time. We didn't get here overnight. It's kind of no. like, you know, diet. Like I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get to be this amazing figure overnight. It's not going to change overnight. I'm not going to go to the gym one time mm-hmm. and be the size I want to be. No. You know what I mean? Although, so I keep feeling like maybe, maybe that would. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm still hanging on to the hope. I mean, I and yeah, and like and then you know that still could possibly happen, but we all know the truth. But it's no. it's the way it is. Leveling up is a very cool concept, but I love that you talk about it in those small increments. Just like if you were playing for me, Kara, it was Frogger. Oh, on my television, which nice. I don't even know if you know what that is, but that I was do, the first in fact, because I'm a gaming dork. system. And my uncle introduced me to Frogger and it meant the world to me to level up to those other levels. It did. So I remember being a kid sitting on the floor playing that that game and does I mean, just really wanting to go to those next levels. But I couldn't skip any levels. You have to just go through them. You just one have at to go time. through it. I mean, unless you have a you know a code that you can get through. Oh, I didn't know about super, <laughs> super secret cheat. codes. But you know, you know what? But you know what that that makes me think of that I really hadn't thought of before. You said that is you know you couldn't wait to get it meant so much to you to get to those next levels. Let's talk a little bit about the hunger to get better. That yeah. I I think sometimes when you've been doing this a little while, you don't have that hunger anymore. Like that, mm-hmm. you know, when it came to video games anyway, I you would play I my brother and I would play for hours. And if we couldn't individually get through a level, it would be I, you know, my hands hurt because my we can't hold the controller anymore, then I hand it off to my brother and he's going to try and pass that level and together we're trying to get to a point. But what you know, what's the end goal of doing that? It was just the thrill of the achievement. Right. It was just the thirst to to unlock it, you know. Right. And I think that there's something there's so much in that because, you know, I've been thinking a lot about um I've been thinking a lot about of not having had a lot of time for personal projects or for trying new things or for doing, you know, lately just with with work and life and, you know, like I said my my case for district competition was just client it was client work and when mm-hmm. I say just client work, it was awesome client work that I'm excited about and happy that it was meritable, at least half of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> district competition. You know, but it wasn't my typical, like usually I put in something that I have spent some time on and that I have crafted and that I, one of my projects that I'm, you know, trying to level up with. And so lately I haven't been feeling the hunger or the mm-hmm. urge to do any of that because I can't even get past like what day of the week it is because I have so much on my plate right now. Right. And then my dad just turned 75. Happy birthday, John Dodd, if you're listening. And um, one of the things that I, that kind of re-inspired me alongside seeing all that awesome work um, at District was I really want to photograph my dad for Mm. a personal project. You know what I mean? And so I bought, um, I bought a a background that I wanted to use just like inaugurally (laughs) used just for his shoot because I have kind of an idea or a vision, but I've never photographed on, it's this, um, it's a very blue green Savage Universal painted background. Yeah, you posted it on the, yeah, I posted on the IG it on, story. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I'm and it, you know, I got it cuz I 
it's a different texture. It's a different kind of modeled look that I haven't really worked with. I'm kind of afraid of texture, if I'm honest with you. Like, I'm very, really? very, very, yes, I'm afraid of texture. And sometimes I'll just add it in if I think it needs some. But most of my backgrounds, even my painted canvas, is not textured, okay. you know? And I was like, okay, I want to do this, and I want to do it with somebody I'm comfortable with, one, you mm -hmm. know? Like, so, I'm, you know, that he's not a variable. Right. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? It's your so, dad. It's my dad, my daddy, and um, and I also my dad is is such an interesting character. He's going to make great character portraits anyway. But you know, it was it's a way for me to one do something that I love doing, which is learning a new thing. I'm going to try like to photograph on that and how to light it and get it into the look that I'm trying to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. But also a way for me to work with somebody that I love, which is my dad. Not to be too mushy. But you know, as a and as a gift for him too, because I he really he wouldn't he maybe wouldn't admit it, but he actually really loves having his photograph taken. Aww. <laughs> he really likes it. So um, so it's it's my gift because he has God knows he has too much stuff. So I told him I was like, so my gift to you is I'm going to do a styled shoot of you, and he nice. and he doesn't quite know what that means yet. Right. But it, it's elaborate. But you're so, doing it, so it's perfect. I'm I, sure. And and yeah. you know, and it's a thing we can do together. But but. It is with the leveling up in mind. It's and it's small. It's what I mean. Some of you out there were going, okay. So she bought a background with some texture on it, like big deal, you know. But listen, I I I'm stuck in a rut. You know what I mean with the way yeah. that I shoot. It's my backgrounds are simple and minimal, and I love that style. But I really want to know how to handle something that's got a lot more texture and and it's going to absorb more light and show things in different ways. You know. Oh, I love um, that. Absolutely. It'd be like you know if you only were environmental, learning how to photograph in the studio, or if you did everything. You know, very mid-key, using understanding, you know, low-key or high-key, you know, portraiture. It, it's the same thing. Or, you know, for us this year, I I feel the same way. I went through a definite rut. And, you know, I went on a trip last year. Thank you, Ronan Ryle, 3XM Folios. Like, I went to Ireland last year, and I became so, like, gobsmacked, like, so inspired by some of the artwork I was seeing there and just the country. And I just, I love Ireland. I'd been before, but for some reason, I would, my heart and mind was just open. And I came home, and this year I did this artist project the first quarter of the year. And I did a very different style for me, single subject. I, I unlike you, shoot almost everything at F11. I have a super nailed down, like, you could practically weld my lighting and my mm -hmm. camera to these things. And because um, I know what sells and I know what I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I switched it up. And then, drum roll, I started digitally painting. And all of a sudden, I was loving photography again. So I hadn't loved photography, if I want to be honest, in a long time. And I love my job. I love my studio. I love my clients. I love the art of improving what I do as far as my business. But I hadn't really loved being behind the camera or working with portraits for a while. And I, like, came out of February, like, loving photography again. And I don't know when I felt that way. So that is a level up. I mean, that that's is. an absolute that makes, level that, up. That makes, me, that makes me have that weird eye feeling that sometimes. Oh, my God. Well, I was getting the eye feeling when you were talking about John Dodd because here, <laughs> here I am. I'm thinking, wow, you know, as someone who at nine lost her father, what I wouldn't give for that. Mm. You know what I mean? That opportunity. Right. And so, you know, you know, we live vicariously through others and you can get excited, which is the cool thing about this industry. And hopefully our listeners have their own little story they will share with us maybe on our, you know, can email us at, you know, get your shoot together.com. But, um, you know, that's all leveling up. But you know it what? Is. It doesn't all have to happen at once. And that's the message I think we need to share with everybody that that's listening, because as small business owners, a lot of us as parents, you know, with a spouse or a partner, we just 
feel like we're complete losers <laughs> or, you know, overwhelmed or, you know, just we don't have our shoot together. And you know what? I think if you take your advice and you think, you know what, I'm going to take this one thing and that's what I'm going to work on tomorrow. And then the next day and the next day, you're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it took me a long time to get the project going. And, you know, your dad's birthday was, what, a week or two ago? But you're going to yep. you got the background and you're making that. But it's OK. It doesn't have to happen overnight. Right. You know, it, every, I know we live in a fast, you know, a drive through world. But you know what? Everything we do doesn't have to be that immediate. It can take some time to get it together mm-hmm. and to level up. And I, I love that. I, I That's a really super important message. And it's universal. And I hope that, uh, you know, it inspired me. Thanks for thanks for doing that. I love Aww, that. Well, thanks, I really buddy. like it. Yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah. Yay. You know, <laughs> just because I was just thinking just because it's digital – we're in a digital age, especially yeah. in, in our, you know, just it, it isn't instant gratification. Doesn't you know what be. I mean? Like it doesn't. No, no. So, yay! Well, wow. I feel like I feel like I'm I feel good. Something. I hope, I, yes, I feel good. It's like we've been to like church. It was like cathartic. Now, not and nothing. I mean, yes, it was like a. But it's you know, it's cool. It's cool when you can talk about these things and have these aha moments. I, I definitely did today. So I'm I'm really appreciative of this. Well, good. Well, good. Well, okay. So let's wrap it up. Let's end on this let's high do note. It. Yeah. Okay. It could, it could go downhill from here. So it let's really, just, oh, we're on an up note. Let's, we're on an upswing. Let's wrap it. Let's land the plane, Kira. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> likely. All right, guys, you can follow us on Instagram at get your shoot together. You can follow us on Facebook at also get your shoot together. And of course you can email us and write to the show. And we hope that you do at girl at get your shoot together.com. And hopefully soon you are going to be able to subscribe to us on iTunes and Yay. all of your other podcasts providers right now i think we're on most of them itunes is taking a little bit longer but maybe by now we're up so anyway uh thanks you guys it's been a wonderful uh wonderful talk and uh, we'll see you guys next time uh yes next time it'll be awesomer than this time if that's even possible and i just want to say thanks (laughs) y'all